Welcome to the Faith the Facts podcast, a podcast where no topic is off limits. Everything is on the table. My name is Clint Gentry, and I am joined by Paxton James. We have faith, we have facts, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to episode 13 of the Faith to Facts podcast. Paxton and I do uh, just want to issue a brief apology uh, for the delay in getting new content out over the last couple of weeks, but due to the holidays and, you know, sickness and all sorts of things like that, we just haven't had the chance to get together and record any new content. So episode number 13 is today, and in today's episode, Paxton and I were asked by a listener uh, to discuss the pretty hot topic of predestination. Uh, Now, with that said, I do want to preface this episode by saying this is not a Calvinism versus Arminianism debate, and I'm not going to even go into explaining those terms. If you're listening to this and you know those terms, you know, you'll know what I'm talking about. And I also say this, Paxson and I will probably get into a little bit of that because it's somewhat unavoidable, but this is not a Calvinism versus Arminianism debate. So if you don't like what we have to say in this episode, suck it up. All right. We're not debating Calvinism, nor are we looking for any kind of, you know, we're not looking to defend anything. After we post this episode on Facebook, feel free to comment your thoughts. But if your thoughts are looking for a debate, or are arrogant or ignorant or whatever, your comments will be deleted because neither I nor Paxton care about your opinion or anger towards this topic. We only care about facts. So we only care about kind of clearing up confusion. So yeah, I'm welcoming all the smoke, Paxton. Uh, But all we're doing today is discussing the doctrine, all right, or the teaching of predestination. That's our goal for today's episode. And if you hear in the background, poor Paxton, he's, he's... well now, but he's going to have this dang flu cough for the foreseeable future. It's lingering bad. <laughs> it's lingering bad. So don't hide it, brother. Just do it. Just do it right in the mic, too. Just right just for people to hear. <laughs> like, I'm going to right in the mic for you guys. <laughs> yeah, just, just do it. Uh, with that said, I'm going to go ahead. Since we have a lot to discuss today, and I imagine this this episode's probably going to take some time, um, I'm going to go ahead and pack some go roll with segment number one, and that is weather with myself. So this week, the weather forecast – I'll confess I haven't done as much research on it. I haven't done much long-range uh, long looking. Uh, but what I have noticed is there's a chance of rain this week. I don't know if it's ever going to pour down too bad, but there's a pretty this solid chance of rain every day nearly you know, for this week. So expect a pretty cloudy and rainy week. Um, I will say there are also a couple of big systems. I did look on the long-range models enough to kind of see some bigger systems in the future. Don't know what it's going to be yet. Rain, snow. Uh, that's what I was going to say. What type of system? I don't know, man. It the it's hard to tell. There's been moments where the patterns look like they're going to maintain more of a mild temperature, but I've also seen some things that indicate a cooler pattern. Um, that's what I'm talking about. So two big systems. One of them is probably going. They're not both going to be the same system. Uh, in terms of like, they're not both going to be snow. So one of them's for sure going to probably be rain. The other one's questionable. Uh, but I don't know. Big system. So we'll just have to wait and see which side 
of the coin that we are on when it comes to those systems. If you are a snow lover, um, like Paxton, and by the way, by the way, mm-hmm. um, I was pretty spot on you in my forecast. <laughs> God's ordained meteorologist. God's ordained meteorologist, right? Predestined before the foundation <laughs> of the world. <laughs> Here we go already. <laughs> uh, that's probably a good transition, I guess. So yeah. I guess we can get into the topic. So, uh, so Clint, um, that's what I love to hear from uh, my favorite meteorologist, uh, snow in the future. I didn't say snow in you the did, future. You I did, did not. That's did, a lie. You said one of the systems would provide some sort of precipitation, probably in the form of snow. I did not say yes, anything did. That's like exactly that. exactly what I said. All right. So, all God's right. sovereignty prevails. <laughs> all right. So, this was a requested topic, as you mentioned. I'm excited to get into it. Like you yeah. said, this is probably going to be one of our... Uh, more uh, in-depth yeah, this is uh, deep. podcast and longer podcast. So this might actually be the deepest one that you and I have done. I definitely from a think theological yeah. topic. I definitely standpoint. think it is. Yeah. So with that being said, Clint, what is predestination, and can you define it? For All us? right. So what is predestination? The simple definition of predestination me is that God freely, all right, by His grace, chooses some people to be special objects of His grace receiving eternal salvation. And honestly, the answer there, the definition is really in the wording because if you just put, you know, if you look at pre in the word uh, destination, pre means before. Mm-hmm. Destination, of course, is point of final arrival. Uh, so it's this, you know, determining beforehand where someone will end up. Um God chooses those that he will save and those he will not before the foundation of the world. So that's kind of a simple definition. And I know you will get into some objections and answer, hopefully clear up some confusions. But again, the it just means that God freely, by his grace, chooses some people to be special objects of his grace, receiving eternal salvation. And I like this definition because it doesn't indicate that God chooses someone to go to hell, um, mm-hmm. which we'll get into here in a little bit. But again, it's those that he chooses to be special objects of his mercy. Uh, one thing that I will say um, just real quick, Paxton, is I think one of the issues is people, for whatever reason, tend to think that predestination is not biblical. Like it's, I had a person just recently, and I will not obviously name names, but you'll know who I'm talking about. But I had someone challenge, you know, um, us in our podcast not too long ago on, on something that we were talking about. And the challenge was essentially that it wasn't a biblical teaching. And I'm like, no, it very much is, you know, and that's one thing I want to tell the listeners, you know, predestination is biblical. It's very biblical. Um, and it's something we have to deal with because it is a biblical thing. And because it is very blatantly biblical at points, as we're going to see, we have to deal with it. Yeah. It's no different than not liking something in scripture. Like, Oh yeah, I, I may not like the way that right. sounds, but like, yeah, right. it's, it's there. It's there. Like, we, Absolutely. Like, there. We're not going to like everything. No. Uh, and you don't have to like that. Yeah. That's something, you know, I've actually encouraged people throughout this Bible reading plan that we're doing. Like if you don't like something you read. So what I've done is I've tried to challenge people like when you're reading, if you're confused, mark it down. If, you know, it, you know, hopefully you'll figure it out, read it again. If not, ask somebody um, if you don't like something, mark it down. Yeah. Just don't mark it down with the intention of changing it. Right. right. <laughs> you know, and that's where we have issue. Yes, I, so. I know some people is like, I'm going to mark that, and I'm never going to revisit that ever again. <laughs> well, Thomas Jefferson um, 
I forgot what his whole deal was, but I think his Bible was like mm-hmm. he had it cut out. Yeah, basically any time where it referenced like God's like control. I don't know. Yeah. It's very yeah. strange what he did. Yeah, it's odd. Or it's like, all right, this is totally getting off on another topic. But it's like, but <laughs> or it's totally like off topic here. But like, that's all right. All right, yeah, we're gonna avoid the sexist books of Paul. You know, it's like, it's like <laughs> no, it's like Beth Moore. Yeah, yeah, at Beth Moore. But no, I mean at Beth Moore. Like we can't just ignore what's there. No, it's there. we can't. It's God's God, holy word. It is, we and can't. we have to teach the full counsel of God's yep. word. And being, and you're actually for listeners too. Paxson and I are actually probably going to be doing some more over the next you know couple episodes however long we're going to actually be doing more biblically focused you know topics not to say we're not going to talk about other things but yeah. we truly enjoy this is probably our favorite thing to discuss yeah i would say going forward it's probably going to be the majority yeah but you're yeah. still going to have some like yeah i still want to do like, for, like i want to yeah. do the one where we talk about like rivalries and yes like yeah. that just sounds fun to me yeah. but uh again predestination is biblical so that's that's other than the definition the foundation for this episode that you all need to know out of the gate is that predestination is biblical. And I'll give you some examples where it is blatantly biblical, and you've probably got some of these yep. passages, and you're probably going to hear some of these passages come up again. All right, but Romans eight twenty nine it says, Because those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. All right, so again, though I'm seeing, it's not just foreknowledge, there was an action place to that, right? So he has foreknowledge, and he also predestined. Um, do you have a uh, Do you have verse thirty there too? Uh, I do not. Not right, in my I've, notes. I've got it right here. That's right fine. Here. Go for it. So I, I had my, the Just first read the whole thing wrote, again. The first verse I wrote, verse I wrote. Wow, I can't talk. The first verse that I wrote down was actually twenty nine and thirty. Yeah. So you, re, you should read the Just whole read thing. Just read twenty nine and thirty. So twenty nine and thirty. Romans eight. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Yeah. And those he predestined, yep. he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. It's very blatant there. I mean, it's hard to get around it. <laughs> you can't you dance can't around, around that at all. <laughs> um, Ephesians 1, 3 through 5, it says... Uh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Verse 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love by predestining us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace which he graciously bestowed on us in the beloved. That's actually verses 3 through 6 there. All right. So I'm going to jump again. I, Go I for it, man. That's what we're doing here. Verse, verse 11. All right. So Ephesians 1, 5. <laughs> yeah, that's, okay, yeah, go say, for it. Verse 11. It. All right. In him we were also chosen, Yep. having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Yep. That verse eleven for me, verse yep. eleven for me, that is where this yep. is undeniable. This is unarguable. It's some right people there. try. In him we were chosen. <laughs> yep. Having been predestined right, according to what his plan. Yep. His plan that works out in conformity with the purpose of his will. Yep. I like my version better. Yeah. It says the counsel of his will. Oh, yeah, I like that, too. I, mean, I do like that. Better. And then verse 12, though, to add to that script. No, what, which, wait, hold on. The, which version do you use again? The legacy standard. That's right, the legacy standard. So, right, the, so I'm ESP. I'm an ESP. Well, a matter of somebody asked me, um, had a, one of our 
guys that goes to church here, Jake. Mm-hmm. He said, what Bible do you preach out of? I said, LSB. And he said, okay, can I buy that in Murray? I said, no. Yeah. You have to buy it off of John MacArthur because that's his. You can barely buy ESV in it's, Murray. I'll start to say. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> Easy there, big fella. <laughs> uh, that is true, though. Um, so LSB, you can only buy online. It's the John MacArthur um, yeah. Bible, essentially. And what he's done is look to preserve the English standard, the new American standard, and also the new or the King James. Um, so it's very accurate. Um, and if you actually are reading like the ESV or the NASB, they read actually pretty similar. Yeah. Like, so that only changed one word, but you can follow along. Like I know some versions, like it's really hard. Like if I'm reading the LSB and you're reading like the message, it's in pot, which that's a bad example. The Holman, the Holman's a good version, but if you're reading that compared to what I read on Sundays, it's tough. And that's where I went. I was like, um, I went for a word for word, but that also was yeah. extremely readable and studied. Right. You know, able right. to study. So. And I study out of, I actually study out of my home and still. Yeah. So the reason I like the word counsel there, though, and we'll get into this some as well, but the reason I like the word counsel there is because it speaks to the counsel of the Holy Trinity that, yeah. that was before the foundation of the world, which is where the will yep. of God was. Established, but then verse twelve to add to that passage is to the end that we who first have hoped in Christ would be to the praise of His glory. So it speaks to the purpose yep. of predestination. Acts four twenty seven through twenty eight says, "For truly in the city where we're gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur." So not only is predestination for the person, it also encompasses God's plan overall. So not just a person, you know, it was his plan overall to have Christ crucified. And then 1 Corinthians 2, 7, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the wisdom which has been hidden, which God predestined before the ages to our glory. And something else, too, that I forgot, a passage that I forgot in Revelation um, where it talks about the Lamb's Book of Life. Yeah. It is probably one of the most in-your-face, like, predestination verses or passages in the Bible because what it alludes to, and I can't remember it word for word, but what it essentially says is those whose names were written in the Book of Life before the foundation yeah. of the world. Yeah. Um, so... Anywho, so just kind of clearing up real fast that definition, predestined, uh, you know, although predestination is a biblical teaching, one thing that I do want to say is it's not the central theme of the Bible. Correct. Okay, Correct. Christ is the central theme, uh, the uh, central theme of Scripture. Everything points to him. Yeah, and, and just like this is a topic that people get so caught up oh, in. Gosh. You know, we talked about this is not so a mad, Calvinism dude. and Arminianism, you know, debate. Right, people get so caught up in this; they want to jump down your throat about this. But the the truth is, right? It's like you said: this is this is a biblical, yep. biblical doctrine. Yep. It's right there. We just showed you what three or four verses, like and that's not even scripture, and you're barely touching the tip of it. Of it. Yeah. Well, and it's not like there's more scriptures that are more blatant. Yeah. But then that's not even this is not even including like the illustrations, like the examples yes. of it, yep. where we see it play out in the lives of people through scripture. Uh, the bottom line is, Paxton. God is in charge of what happens, when it happens, how it happens, why it happens, uh, and even 
you know, he's in charge of what happens after it happens. Yeah. He's also in charge of the who. This is true of all events in every place from the beginning of mm-hmm. time. He does this for our good and his glory. Yeah, and why, why would you not want to believe that oh, about gosh. your God? Right? Whew. Why would you not want to believe that yeah. your God is all-knowing, yep. is in control, yep. and that, oh, he had a plan this yep. whole time? Why would you not want to believe Some that? Some people don't. And that's that's what blows my mind is when, we'll get when you start that. looking at it this way. Yeah. You're jumping ahead. I know I'm jumping ahead. But I do have something to add. Add to it. Goes Go along for with it. What you just Go said. for it. So you talked about, you know, um, talking about like deciding ahead of time and, and the, the Lamb's Book of Life. And so the word translated, you know, the predestined, that word translated in Greek, and I can't remember the Greek word. Pulling I'm, up yeah, the I'm, Greek. I'm sorry. I'm not, I can't remember the Greek <laughs> word because I'm not John MacArthur, but... Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's my bad. I don't have it moats. But the meaning of it, the actual meaning of the Greek word is determining beforehand. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> so or, wait, Paxton, the Greek doesn't change the meaning of yeah, it? No. Wait a second. <laughs> what? Are you t- what? And so it also, the simpler version of it was deciding ahead of time. <laughs> what? <laughs> so for us, and I think, I think I mentioned this to you on the phone when we were talking about, you know, this topic yeah. for the episode coming up. I don't think it should be that hard for us to concede. No. That God knows everything is going to happen before it happens. Yep. He is completely sovereign. He's yep. all knowing. And the fact that he chose me and drew me in, that makes my salvation all the more special. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and and that is actually one of the first things that we teach our children. Right. Yes. God is all knowing. Yes. Yeah. Well, and think about it. Like grace is a gift. Like what is the definition of a gift here? Like do you, That's a really good point. Do, do you give, like Ephesians makes that clear, by grace you have been saved through faith in Christ. Okay, it is a gift. Grace is a gift. Do you, when you give somebody a gift, Paxton, mm-hmm. number one, are they, well, really and truly, it's just a simple question. Are they doing anything to deserve that gift? Now, granted, they have a special place in your heart. Sure. Yep. What's predestination? God predetermining who the grace is going to be given to. Those are his people. We see that in the Old Testament, right? See that in the New Testament. Um, To which he's giving his gift to. And those people didn't do Jack Doodley squat to earn it. (laughs) So anything else to add to the kind of introduction or definition of predestination there? Not to the intro. I had some rambling notes here, but I think it's going to go down. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about here. So, Paxton, segment number two, what is your joke of the day, sir? All right. So, joke of the day. So, I've worked really hard on this one. So, I I mixed the episode. I mixed the, you know, we talked about the hot topic. Right. So, why do Calvinists, and I'm I'm a mortgage broker, remember, so why do Calvinists make good mortgage brokers? I don't know. Because they love to tell people that they are pre-qualified. <laughs> Thank you. I think that's some of my best work, actually. That is definitely the best joke I've heard from you <laughs> in a long time. We need to have Braxton Hearn on this show just to do a joke episode. Yes, we do. I actually have another one, but I'll save it. Oh, man. Why? Why? I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. Uh, is it not appropriate for No, I mean, it's, it's, another, it's another Calvinist <laughs> joke. It's that's fine. Cal- Go for it. All right. Sure. <laughs> why? Uh, why should you choose a Calvinist realtor? I I feel like I have a, I know where you're going with this, but I don't I don't know the like funny answer. What's What's the answer? Because they do not believe in a great commission. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh! I know that that was oh. gonna hurt. 
Oh, 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 snap. So, all right, so snap. that one is savage, and I actually disagree with that one. But <laughs> Obviously. But you believe in predestination, funny. Paxton. But it is funny. It's hilarious. That's good. Thank you. Two of your best Thank you. jokes. Thank you. That was, that's well done, sir. And, and don't believe side, in a great note, side note and plug, I, I do not believe that oh, Calvinists do not believe in a great commission. That's, that's just, probably going to come up in the common objections, yeah. right? But, dude, that's funny. That's great. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! All right, anyway, uh, so Paxton, moving on. <laughs> Can't get past that. They don't believe in a great commission. Uh, shoot, <laughs> don't y'all get a pretty good commission though? <laughs> I'm not a real estate agent. Oh, that's right. You're but more. Yes, you're I a broker. Good, I do get a good commission. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you're a Calvinist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's preordained that you're going to get a good commission. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, right, anyway. All right, Paxton. So we've talked about the definition of, Cal- of uh, Calvin. Now, okay, I said at the beginning this was not going to turn into <laughs> a Calvinism thing. Guys. And now I can't get around it. Uh, okay, we talked about the definition of predestination. Yes. All right. So what are some issues that we talked about? Some talked about people having problems with this teaching. So what do you think are some common issues or struggles or confusions, whatever, you know, however you want to work I mean, that or all the above? You know, I approach this a couple of different ways. I don't have a clear cut and dry answer, but I think the number th- one thing is control. Absolutely. Every Everyone wants to be in control of their life. Everyone wants to be in control of their determination yep. or their, you know, the joke, pre-qualification. Everybody wants yep. to be in control of that, right? But God choosing us is in Scripture over and over and over again. Yes, it is. Um, and I actually referenced, um, let's see here, numerous Scriptures, right, that referring that refers to to believers being chosen. Matthew 24, 22, yep. 31, Mark 13, 20, 27, Romans 8, 33, 9, 11, 11, 5, 7, 28, Ephesians 1, 11, Colossians 3, 12, the list goes on and on and yep. on and on. God chooses His people. Yep. And that is strictly through... His sovereignty, yep, and His will, amen. Right? Just like we talked about a while ago, and I, I think I think control is the number one issue there. So control, yeah, that's that's the that's the route. Well, the common there. argument, right, is is it fair, right? That's control. That's pride. Yeah. How is it fair that God yeah. would do A, B, C, and D? You know, um, so and and I think the fairness argument is problematic from the jump because if we got what was again, this goes back to does it, like people that are in the that are outside of the predestination camp so the mm-hmm. objectors yeah they automatically they're automatically saying the way they word it is that God sends he chooses those that are saved and he sends those that are not to hell yeah. okay now i guess in the grand scheme of how you word that there is some truth to that yeah. point but at the same token and we'll get into this a little bit more um that God doesn't send people to hell because we're born on that path anyway mm-hmm. we're born on the yep. path towards hell he simply chooses those whom he's going to offer yep. his grace and mercy so anything yeah, else romans 3 23 6 yes right? yeah i mean we've all sinned and we are all yeah. worthy of eternal yeah. punishment i mean and that's that's just the truth and you know that is i think that is probably you know we're talking about control but um it's like you said 
Um, we want everything right to be fair. Right. We want we want everything in politics. We want everything in life. We want everything in sports. We want everything in the workplace not to be fair. fair right. Kid. I mean, <laughs> think think about think about the the huge the huge topic you know that's that's going crazy through our schools and in politics yep. of of um, you know gender equality and and, and um, you know calling people you know transphobic and and all this stuff right because they don't use inclusive language because yep. they want everything to be fair right we want everything in this life to be fair so the number one thing when they say god chooses some and doesn't choose others that's unfair yeah that's well, unfair why would god choose certain individuals and not others yeah. right but we must like you said we have to remember yeah romans 3:23 and 6:23 yep that is the path that yep. we are on we are on the path to destruction yep and if we got what was fair if we got what was fair, we'd all go to hell. Yes. We'd yes. all burn in the lake of eternal fire. And right? and God would be perfectly just and to send And he would us be there. perfectly just to send you and I both there. Yep. You know. And we're both in ministry. Not that that means anything. It right. should, but it doesn't, uh, unfortunately. But yeah. you know, that that's another thing too. The the fairness argument always has baffled me because that is not for you listeners out there that object to this teaching, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, I can probably speak for Paxton here. Stop using the fairness argument. Yeah. Because our idea of fairness is is so worldly that we lose sight of, you know, what fairness would mean scripturally. Yeah. And what fairness would mean from a biblical standpoint is that we all born into sin continue down that path of sin with no hope to get out of it. Yeah. You know. So. I mean, you know, choose you know, saying that, that it's unfair to those who are not chosen because they are receiving you know, it, the thing is, they are receiving what they deserve. Right. They right. are receiving what they deserve. Right. And and that's not what they deserve in my eyes, right? Because to me, yeah, oh, yeah. to me, it's, it seems unfair. It does. Right? And to that's me, okay to admit. To me, yes. it seems unfair. Yeah. And and I, I can I can happily admit that on this podcast yes. and say, hey, yeah, in Paxton's mind, yep. yeah, I think it's unfair that some of us get chosen. Absolutely. And so, but yeah. I have to remember in God's eyes, that's what they deserve. That's what they deserve. That's exactly, they're, they're getting what is coming to them because of yep. their sin. Well, and Jim Davis, so I mean, and this is an encouragement too because Jim is is a he he's a you know, elder individual of our church who is very experienced and he happens to, you know, embrace I don't, I don't even want to use the word believe in because it's not your choice whether you believe in it or not. I mean, like, you've got to believe in it because it's biblical. Like, it teaches, it's taught in the Bible. So I'm going to choose the word embrace instead of believe on the issue of predestination. But even Jim, right, a person that embraces this teaching of predestination and, and as well as you and I would, he will admit to you that he says it's not fair. And that's okay to admit. Like I'm, I'm gonna be the same way you are, dude. Like I'm gonna admit that it's not fair. In my eyes, in my human, from my human perspective, I would just, you know, rather God save everyone. Mm-hmm. Like just, I would rather, I would, if I had to pick, you know, if God was a genie in a bottle and I got three wishes, one of those wishes would be, you know, I wish universalism was true. <laughs> you know, like I wish everybody went to eternity with Him. But that's just not how it is. And I'm going to read, and I don't know, I think Romans 9 is Uh a great place to go and to talk about, you know, talk about this this topic. Because in this passage, in context is key here, Paul is essentially grappling with the reality that many of his Jewish brothers and sisters, because for those that may not know, Paul was a Jew, all right, he was, um, 
a Pharisee, the highest of the high. Yep. He even says that about himself. Um, but he is he's writing this. Romans 9 is written because his heart is broken. Mm-hmm. Because he's beginning to understand that many of his Jewish brothers and sisters are lost and you know, he they're not going to be saved. Um, so in the context, Paul's not writing these words with the intent to debate a topic. Obviously, that was not his intention. His words come from a broken heart. So um, here's what Romans 9, I'm just going to read it. I mean, if you're cool with that, yeah, that's I'm fine. just going to read yeah, that's it. Fine. And, soon, and when we're done with that one, I actually have another scripture. Go for I it. Go too. I mean, that's the best way for us to talk yeah. about this topic sure. is using scripture. So, which, you know, the anti-person, the person on the other side will go, well, Romans, you know, it's like Romans is the Calvinist best friend, right? But no, it's a very good Christian book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's in the Bible, um, for starters. It was part of the canon. <laughs> for starters. Um, you know, it should be enough, it, yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, so it says, Romans 9, just starting from the top, it says, I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit. Listen to verse 2, that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. So again, context. What's he talking about there? Right. His Jewish brothers and sisters who are lost. He's upset about it. And this is another issue that I have. People that get on the debate train on either side. So I'll even lump Calvinists into this, that get on the, I want to justify my point side just to win an argument. When you read through Romans, which is, yes, I get it, that is probably the more reformed you know, side of Scripture. But when you read through Romans, Paul's not looking to win an argument. His heart is genuinely broken. Every time he brings up predestination in Romans, it's always in reference to sorrow. It's in reference to uh, salvation. The point being, he's either brokenhearted or glorifying God for the salvation that he's granted his people. So anyway, uh, verse 3. For I could wish that I myself were accursed. Listen to this. This is how brokenhearted the man is. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from the race according to the flesh is the Christ, who God is over all, blessed forever. Amen. So that's the context. He's talking about the Israelites, those that were, you know, to them belonged the covenants of old. They were God's chosen people. And then verse 6, but it is not. So he goes from talking about the Israelites being God's chosen people. So the automatic argument. So if you're a person, if you're a skeptic, you're going to argue there. Well, okay, so you're saying that predestination's failed, right? God's plan has failed because not all of Israel is Israel. You know, there are, some of them are lost. So Paul goes in in verse 6, But it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. In other words, not all those who are saved or, or Israel are saved. And not all are children of Abraham because they are his offering. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise who are counted as offspring. So the heart, right? Uh, verse 9, for this is what the promise says. About this time next year I will return, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born, had done nothing either good or bad in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls. She was told, the older will serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Yeah. Predestination. Yep. Before they had done anything wrong. Babies. Um, which that gets into another yeah. big topic. Maybe for another day. Uh, not today. 
Verse 14, what shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So that depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose, I have raised you up. Yeah. What was Pharaoh's purpose? God. <laughs> and this mean, goes along perfect with your sermon this morning. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um, but. I, for this very purpose, I will raise you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and then he hardens whomever he wills. So, pre, again, we, we use Scripture, you and I did at the beginning of this, to justify it and defend it, or not defend it, but define it. Um, we didn't even get into the illustrations. Huh. I mean, Pharaoh is a perfect example of God's predetermined plan. Was fate, Let me ask you this question. This is, I'll pause here. Let me ask you a question for conversation. This is a tough question. Was Pharaoh, would he have ever had a chance to be saved under this rule? I mean, I know this, you said this is a tough question. I'd say no. That's my answer. I mean, by by what is said here, does Pharaoh have another – is he have any – because even like if you look, he even – Are you asking me if he has the choice? Well, sort of. I mean, did he have the choice? No. I mean, really, he doesn't. And I don't know, like, I asked that question. I'm asking it almost. I mean, I'm asking it, but I know the, what Scripture yeah, says, but yeah. I'm asking it because I'm conflicted about it. Yeah. Like, this is where I want the listeners, again, to understand that Paxton and I are human beings that still battle with the flesh. Oh, yeah, same pride. thing Same thing. I said. Well, I don't I, like I, what I, this In my says. eyes, yeah, it's unfair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I... I... <laughs> like, do you like what this says? No. What about Judas? Yeah. This verse could apply to him, too. Yes. <laughs> Did that man, he had, like, he was born with one purpose. One purpose. And that was even foretold in the Old Testament. Yeah. Like in the book of Psalms, it talks about it. And, like, and think about think about <laughs> what each disciple asked himself. Is oh, it I? Gosh. Yes. Yes. And that, that's another part. That, that's a side note. Judas seems to be the least expected person. Because yeah. even when the man walks out of the room and Jesus calls it out, they're still going, What? Who's, the, who's it going to yeah. be, man? Yeah. You know, and that's here's another thing. Here's going to send chills up your spine. In that moment, this is deity, right? This is the Lord's deity. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, he looks at Judas, <laughs> essentially tells him, do what go do I, it. go do it. But not if you really think about what's going on here, he's God. Mm-hmm. His deity is really coming out here. Yes. His sovereign, predetermined plan. He's looking at him saying, Go do what I have planned for you to yeah. do. Yeah. Go carry my will out. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> like it's sad but powerful at the same it's time. It's like you said, he was born to do that very thing. Yes. And when he looks at Judas and says, go do what you have set out, I don't know the exact wording there, but it's essentially go do what you have set out to do. Yeah. He is giving him there the mandate yeah. Go do what I have willed you to do. Yep. It was still in his hands. Yeah. Like in yeah. that and that's what it says in Acts, right? That's what it, that's the passage in Acts where everything was carried out by the will of the will of God. Whew. Yeah, that's wild. I'm enjoying this episode. Yeah. I mean when you when you the the dig the the more you dig, the deeper you dig in every single biblical account. Yes. You will see it come out more and more. Right. I mean, just your example there. I would have never pulled that up as an example. Right. I mean, you know, that's, that's that's fantastic. I mean, you think about it. 
he tells him, go, go do it. You go ha- do it. You have no go choice. Go do it. You have no choice. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, really, like, now, and we'll talk about, because I do want to be very clear, and we'll get into this, uh, but I, because I do want to, before we get into this, I do want to be clear in saying that we don't, like, we, there's, we're going to talk about responsibility, all right? We're not ridding. Pharaoh and Judas both are responsible. Yes, we'll get yes. into that. Let's yeah. hold I've the phone on, on that. that yeah. So, um, but, but the scripture that I wanted to throw in. There. Yeah, um, I'm gonna finish Romans after you're done. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, go, I'm not go, done. Go I, just a side note. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So, verse 19. Right. Um, another real quick. Pharaoh, dude, he was even letting them go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're laughing, but I'm not laughing because I feel bad. Like I feel good for the guy or good about the situation. I'm laughing because we fight against what is so blatantly obvious in Scripture. So anyway, like, and he, he he's letting him go, and God hardens his heart, and he chases after him, right? Uh, all right, so verse, verse 19. You will say to me then, all right, and this is where Paul's lot, he knows. This is, yeah. is going to be the argument. Why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O oh man, to answer back to God? Will, will what is molded say to its molder? I love this. Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay? Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over clay to make out of the same lump one vessel, one vessel, one one vegetable, one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory? Even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also the Gentiles. As indeed, he says in Hosea, those who were not my people, I will call my people. And her who was not beloved, I will call beloved. And in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there there, there they will be called sons of the living God. All right, so... We see in verses 19 to 21 there, God has the right to do as he wills, period. All right, you have the potter and the clay example. Yeah. The the potter has the right to determine what the clay is going to be. All right, and here's the thing. A potter, like a clay pot doesn't have the right to get mad that it's not a, you know, if, if it's incompleted work, does the clay pot have a right to get mad? No. You know, right. <laughs> if it wants to be a beautiful vase but ends up only being a coffee mug, Sorry. And then the second thing we says is God delays his punishment to some in order to show his mercy to others. Yeah. Right? You have the vessels of wrath. So go for it. That, your example just made me think of, sorry I laughed, made me think <laughs> of like, no, I identify as a coffee mug. <laughs> you do? <laughs> no, like the like what you're saying. Like it, it wanted yes. to be, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You know, yeah. So. I mean, seriously, <laughs> though, you think about it from a list even a, like what Paul's saying here, it's a very logical illustration. Yeah. It's like if you ever watch somebody make something out of pottery, it's very yeah. Pleasing to watch, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it's very peaceful. But that pottery is not looking at the maker going, oh, I wanted to be a bowl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you made me a plate. <laughs> like, it's not doing that. Yeah. I wanted to be a coffee mug for a great coffee, but you made me a dang. <laughs> I'm not even completed. <laughs> I'm broken. <laughs> so what you got? So um, I actually pulled these up because um, – I want to remind everyone, we're talking about it being unfair in our eyes, right? So we have to remember in God's eyes, like I mentioned, what we deserve, yeah. right? What we deserve as sinners. In Paxton's eyes, it might be unfair. In Clint's eyes, it might be unfair. In Jim Davis's yeah. eyes, it might be unfair. We but we show. have to remember 
what we deserve. But I also want to remind everybody of God's desire for us. Absolutely. So 1 Timothy 2.4. Good plug in here. Thank you. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires, so this is a characteristic, characteristic of God, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Mm-hmm. And then also, 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Yep. (laughs) God's desire. (laughs) So he's not unfair. Nope. He desires that you be saved. Yep. It's where it gets hard to explain. And this is where it gets hard (laughs) to explain. He desires that you be saved. But according, remember what the other verses said, though, according to his will, yep. the counsel yep. works everything out. Yep. And it makes you wonder, like it makes you another point bring up here. Like, um, by the way, I love what verse uh, five says in First Timothy 2, because it, it talks about what you read. And then it goes in for there's one God and one mediator between God and man, men, the man, Christ Jesus, yep. who gave himself as a ransom, you yeah. know, um, so I, I just find that to be, wait, 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 but listen to this, which is the testimony given at the proper time. Yeah. At the proper time. Like when you, so when you combine what's being said there, you you read that verse and it sparked a, mm-hmm. like a breakdown of that text, like who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So that's the desire. So he gives you his desire. He gives you the. But that also tells us that it's personal and relational. Yes, very much so. Personal and relational. Very much so. And that's what makes predestination so cool, like, yes. is because, like, if it wasn't predetermined, it's not as personal. Yeah. Like, it's like I said, that's at the beginning, that's what makes my salvation all the yeah, more special. Yeah, absolutely. But and both can be equally true. Huh? Yes. Both can be extreme. Absolutely. That God can predestine people and while also still wanting people to be saved. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a hundred percent. We know that God does not desire that any should perish. Mm-hmm. And I, when I say when I think of any, I think of everyone. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, He's not pleased by that. But I love it because it shows the desire of His in that verse you just read, and then in verse five it shows how that desire is carried out. Who's it? It's through Christ, right, the Mediator. But then it shows that 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 Mediator acts through the Spirit really at the proper time. Mm-hmm. That's the testimony, the gospel, mm-hmm. the salvation. Huh. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh, and then, you know, uh, I've never actually went to this verse before yeah. for this conversation. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I mean, what'd you do? Type in on Google? No. Random verses. No, it's actually, I, no, I actually had those, verses. I actually had those two verses in my notes. Um, <laughs> So I Bags mean, over here talk typing it on Google. No, uncommon no, Bible no, verses uncommon to support <laughs> Calvinism, so I can sound smart. <laughs> you're the one. That, you're the one that started breaking it down and got it in depth into it. That's I mean, my pastor side yeah, coming no, out. That's man. what I'm saying. I just I just brought up the verse. I can't help. Um, it. I wanted to remind everybody that God loves them. I mean, that's all I wanted to do. <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, you think about it. If God is choosing who is saved. You know, another argument because we're still in the argument section or the why people don't. Yes, like it, we're right? still we're still de- we're not we have not transitioned to why this is a good thing. Another one that comes up, right? So we talked yep. about 
um, you know, choice and everything. Yep. This is this kind of goes along with the same thing, but yep. it's free will there. Oh yeah. How does free right will? There. How does free yep. will come into this? Does it and, violate free yes, will? Yes. Yeah. And and does it? Yeah. Does that undermine our free will? Yeah. And and so so <laughs> allude to that real quick. I know you you pointed to your notes, so allude to that real quick. Oh man, if you want to take a step. No, go ahead. Go ahead. So. And feel free to interject here. Yeah, well, I've got um, a few things. I just wanted to see where this took you. So from a human standpoint, we have free will. Yep. Like from our human standpoint, we have free will. Like I get the chance as a fat person <laughs> to choose whether or not I eat chicken from Wendy's yep. or chicken from Zaxby's. And I'll be honest with you, I don't feel as if there's some divine entity controlling my decision exactly. to eat Zaxby's or Wendy's, right? Right. So I do have free will from that standpoint. But from a biblical and spiritual standpoint, I think free will is the wrong word. Mm-hmm. Because here's a question for you. Did you know, I think we might have talked about this on the phone, did you know the Bible never actually speaks of free will, the, at least the way that we think of it? Yeah. The Bible teaches us responsibility mm-hmm. and accountability. You know, the Bible teaches, and I mentioned this today in, our, in the sermon, you know, we're bound to something. We are bound to sin yeah. and death or we're bound to Christ. So free will, as we understand it, means that we have the freedom to do anything we choose. But that's very unbiblical. We're bound to something. Right. And even do from a logical standpoint. Like, mm-hmm. it's not true from a logical standpoint. Like, if I told you, like, we don't have the freedom to fly because we're right. not birds. Correct. I mean, <laughs> like, the only way you're going to fly is if you get on an airplane. Right? We don't have the freedom to jump up in the sky and fly around because we are not birds. So the logic doesn't even work. Like, you know, bad singers are not going to be star singers. Right. Because they can't sing. <laughs> like, I hate to be that way, but that's just the Yeah. It goes back to my joke while I go about the coffee mug yes. and, and yeah. into the, you yeah. know, like, yeah, like, <laughs> I identify as a good singer, Clint, so I'm going to sing. But it, it, it speaks to this binding up that I think that we lose sight of. We are all bound to something. We're either bound to Christ or we're bound to sin or bound to death, you know. So we are going to choose. Our free will, if you want to use human lingo, is going to be dictated by what we're bound to. Okay, Uh, so while we don't have free will, in my opinion, that we commonly think of it, we are accountable for our decisions. God sees and knows everything we do. So is there a sense in which we have free will? Sure. Um, Not as we understand it, but yes. But we're responsible for every choice that we make. Yeah. All right. Uh, So go for it, man. So kind of what I had I had wrote down in my notes and kind of where I was wanting to head with that. and that was that was perfect there, you know. If if God is choosing, right, who is saved, people say, doesn't that undermine our free sure. will? And that's kind of you know, really kind of what I got sparked on this. But the Bible tells us in certain scripture, right, that we somehow have somewhat of a choice, right? But it also says that no one comes to the Father unless drawn right by Him. Right. Yeah. Call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. And the Bible never describes God rejecting anyone. No. Right. No. That comes no. to him. Right. No. And nobody will. You, right. You will be saved. Ex- exactly. And that's and that, that was kind of the point I made. Deuteronomy 4, 29. Let me say genuinely that. coming to the Lord. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know. Asterisk. <laughs> the Bible tells us that, that all who believe in Jesus Christ will be saved. Yes. Right. All who Amen. believe in Jesus Christ will be saved. Um, and we can trust in that. And here's. And this is. I don't like using this word. And this is actually the Uh-oh. word that me and my brother Uh-oh. used whenever we talked about this. Somehow, right? Somehow, right? The truths of God's sovereign predestination 
and also man's responsibility. Yeah. You said responsibility yeah. earlier. Are not mutually exclusive. That's a good point. I think John MacArthur says something similar to that. Yes, and this is the next part is actually what I took from MacArthur. Somehow, and the, the, this is the word I'm talking about. Somehow, in the mystery of God. Yep. Right. Predestination works hand in hand with people being yep. drawn by God. Absolutely. And believing unto salvation. Absolutely. Okay. The, and all of those that I took right there were directly from a sermon and re, and and verse references. Right. Yep. God predestines those who will be saved, and yep. we also must choose Christ in order to be saved. Both are equally true. Well, you, Romans, I mean, even in Romans, you know, going back, I know we're going to Romans a lot, but Romans does answer a lot of questions for us when it comes to this issue, right? You know, when you start thinking of Romans, Paul, after he talks about God's sovereignty over salvation, that is where he gets into the importance of sharing the gospel and, you know, you know, calling on how are they going to hear if they've never, yep. you know, heard, you know, heard the gospel. It's in Romans chapter 10. All right. So that's where you're, what you're referencing essentially here is, you know, there's no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing the riches on all who will call on him yep. for everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Yep. All right. And then verse 14, this gets into responsibility, right? How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So uh, something interesting there. Verse 16, and I'm actually reading from the ESV right now, by the way, uh, because I figured that's what you had pulled up. But verse 16 says, but they have not all obeyed mm-hmm. the gospel. So something to build on what you're saying in terms of, of you know, having to call on the name of the Lord, it, where I would probably word it differently is it's not a request. Yeah. That, that's And that's why it's not a choice. Yeah. Like, it's not a request, you know, on whether or not you're, you know, God's saying, oh, uh, will you be saved? No, 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 no. When he calls you, and this is part of the predestination, election, whatever. Yeah. When God calls you, that is a command yep. given. You know, when he's calling his people to himself, that is a command given. So the opposite is true. When he's calling for somebody to reject that, they're not obeying his command to follow him, to trust mm-hmm. in him. So, yep. But I do always use that MacArthur quote, man, yeah. or that whatever yeah. Yeah, there's and there's one where he's like he's like, I'm happy to admit that there's that there's some things that I that God can work out that I can't seem to understand. Like, I mean, it's like, yeah, speak to that a little bit because that's I mean, what we're dealing with ultimately when we yeah. talk about predestination. God is, if if we believe that He is sovereign, that He is in control, and you said this just a second ago, right? That we talked about it working hand in hand, right? And and you talked about the fact that that predestination. And, and man's responsibility, right? Being called in, right? We talked about being called in. These things work together so yeah. that God's will is fulfilled. Yes. Yeah. It's that, it, to me, it's that simple. It's that simple. And, and why? I mean, again, pride has to be the reason that we fight to. against this because there's nothing that you can say that's going to change the reality here. 
Like, I know we live in a day, a woke culture, where we like to change yep. reality, but when it comes to this and when it comes to anything much, you know, there's not changing it. And I don't know, man. I just, like, and I can't explain. Like, I want to I want to say, I want to agree with you. Like, I, I I cannot explain. And if somebody asked me this question, you've had kiddos ask you this question. Oh, yeah. uh, I've had adults ask me this question. So it's it's universal across the board. Everybody struggles with it. I cannot explain to you how. Mm-mm. Judas and Pharaoh are responsible when at the same time their only their only purpose was what it was. Yeah. I can't explain how that works. No. But why would we well, like here's another thing. This gets into another situation, like another issue. Why do we want to? Yeah. Like that would make us God and a God that I can relate to on that level. Like if I can if I can have the same knowledge as God, he's not a God worthy of my worship. Exactly. Exactly. And that's and even when you ask, you know, to allude to that, I'm sitting here thinking, and I, you know, I say a few things, and the, and the best thing I can come up with is, 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 it's for God's purpose and God's will, right? I mean, it's the best thing. sovereignty. That's the best thing. Yeah. God's sovereignty. Yeah. God is in control of every single situation that is going on. Yeah. Well, and this is this is something too that I this may be a better way of explaining it. Everything's within God's will. He ordains everything to occur, and He did it before the foundation of the world. Again, that's predestination. Mm-hmm. But here's the kicker: He also ordains the means yeah. Yeah. that He's going to carry out things. So your choices—we'll use the word choice. Your choice, your choices in life, what you do, you choosing. Because I even preached on this when I was going through Romans. I asked the church. I said, "Did you choose?" To be saved. Did you call on the name of the Lord? Yes. And nobody can take that away from you. Right. But your choice was God's means. Yep. You know. Because here, here's the deal, right? That message, that day, if, that if, whatever. If your name, if your name was in that book. He's going to save you. You didn't have a choice. No, you if did not. If, and, and the Bible tells us. <laughs> it's, it's there. That it's there. It's there. <laughs> you didn't have a choice. No. And so, yes, yeah. it yes. makes it more relation, you know, relational. Yes. And, and yes. you know. But you didn't have the choice. No, it makes you wonder if God's like personality is just like I want to make them feel special. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to present. Uh, the only issue is it makes this really conflicted inside because we have yeah. these we have these conflicts, right? These debates. But it's like, did God just place in us this? You know, like I want to make them feel special a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I just. Mean, I mean, but he he ordained like so. No, and yeah. So you calling on the name of the Lord. So when when were you saved? So I was actually just thinking. Go for it. Go for it. You share your salvation story, and then we'll break it down from predestination. So when I was younger and I was at um, VBS, actually, I was probably around around six or seven. Your salvation must be the most genuine. You were a kid saved at VBS. No, actually, we'll get there. (laughs) I know your story. So, yeah, I I know you know it. But, yeah, six or seven, and and I'm there. the, The pastor is talking about heaven and hell, and I was like, Daggummit, I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> that sounds awful. That place is awful. <laughs> and so that was my only understanding, right? I had no idea it's a fear about God's sovereignty. I had no idea about God's will for my life. I had no idea about what trust and repentance meant, right? And so I go, so I go down, and I'm like, hey, I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> and so they're like, that's fantastic. We don't want you to go there either. P- repeat after me. And so I repeat a prayer, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, yeah. So I repeat, is that exactly how the conversation went? <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> in a nutshell, essentially. And That's so, fantastic. We don't want you to yeah, go there yeah, either. Yeah. So, 
But they asked me to repeat a prayer. I repeat the prayer. I, I go through, and <laughs> I'm walking out of there, high five, and I'm like, yeah. man, I'm not going to hell. Ha ha. Whoop. <laughs> I made it. You know, mama, I made it. But no, I mean, the thing that happened there is, is as I continued to get older, right? I'm six or seven, right? Yeah. So I mean, whatever. But as, as I get older, nothing changed. Sure. Nothing. Nothing changed sure. in my life. All I knew is I could do anything I wanted. Because you're not going to hell. And I'm not yeah. going to hell. Ha ha. Right? Or were you? Because, yeah, because <laughs> that's what, and the, the sad truth and reality is if I had died on the way home that day, I would go going to hell. Yeah, that's tough, man. And so when we think about, when we think about when I, when I came older, I, I started to think about actual true repentance. Yeah. And you've talked about this a lot. Um, I believe you did it actually twice you talked about true repentance during the roman series you talked yeah. about true repentance during the beginning of sermon on mount i believe yeah and so it's a biblical theme you know yeah i mean it is <laughs> and, and that's what it, it hit me though when i was that age right so my one of my best friends died and yeah. i was confused i didn't understand why that happened uh we were 13 at the time yeah and i was scared once again I was scared, but then I understood, right? And I and I continued, you know, I, that made my life even worse because I made some awful decisions, sure. right? Doing some things that like twenty-two-year-olds should not be doing when I was thirteen, sure. right? I mean, it's 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 crazy. But then what happens is God pulled me in, and, and that's all there is to it. And yeah, and He humbled me. Yeah, and He humbled me. Yep. And so that night. It went, I can say, yeah, I got, I got up and I went down yeah. and I, I did, I, I can say that. Yeah. But it was all God. And uh, to kind of speak from the theological side of this, like the biblical side of your salvation story. So when you were truly saved there, when you were a teenager. Yeah. Right. Cause that's when you would say that you were truly saved. Yeah. So you're 13, 13, 13, you know, God ordained, and it's unfortunate, and this gets into another thing that we don't have to get into today, but like God ordained the means. Yeah. So he was calling you, and unfortunately it took like a tragedy yeah. in your life that he, we would both agree that he ordained. Mm-hmm. It's a part of his plan. Yeah. And that led to you being saved. Yeah, you talked about this in your sermon this morning. Absolutely, yeah. And then obviously then you follow the other steps. So he's he, you can see where... Like you, like you, you said it best. If your name's written in that book, <laughs> be happy. Yeah, I mean, I mean be thankful, rejoice. You know, and that's the whole point of the Bible, right? Everything that we do is for the Lord's praise. Like everything that we as believers do are doing for the praise of the Lord. So our salvation, you know. And some people are going to say, well, you know, poor, poor, pitiful, lost person. But that is not. You cannot stoop to no. that. No. Because Pharaoh. Was you know basically what you're dealing with here is essentially that you had those people were always on that path. Yep. You know they weren't ever going to choose otherwise. Yeah. They were bound. They were enslaved to what they were enslaved to, and they were never going to break free from that. They were never going to choose otherwise. So you can't sit here and be like, oh, poor, poor, pitiful. Pharaoh, poor, poor, pitiful Judas. Those are probably the two primary examples yeah. we have in Scripture. Um, you know, and you look at Peter. Go back to Judas. Like Peter and Judas, right? Same thing. I mean, essentially, what they did was the same thing. Peter denied Jesus three times in in the crowd. Judas denied him in front of the Pharisees <laughs> and betrayed him. Matter of fact, Judas really didn't even deny him. He just betrayed him. I mean, so you could make the argument, humanly speaking, that what Peter did was worse. But 
Peter was chosen. Yep. Two people, same sin, pride, fear, whatever, greed. Um, two people on the same path from a worldly standpoint. One was chosen, one was not. Yeah. I mean, it's it sucks. Yeah. Again, one of the questions. If I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm going to ever get to ask God a question like this because when I see Him for the first time, it's going to be me falling on my face before His glory. But if I were to give have the chance to ask the Lord a question, it would be like, why not everybody? Yeah. Like why? Yeah. Now, I, don't they, th- I don't think I expected out of this conversation oh, for us to get floored like this. Too. I did not. No. And, and I think that's the not point. Not that we're floored, but confused. I'm saying no. floored, floored of, humbled. Yeah. I mean, humbled. It's like I said. This this makes it all the more special. It does. And, and God's desire is for those poor, poor lost people yes, to be saved. To be saved. That is his to be, desire. And that's where, that is where we cannot explain to you how this yes. works. I cannot explain to you. The only the best way I can ever explain it, and, and I'll give you this. Uh, I don't know if I've ever shared with you the way that I explain it. Me being a movie guy, you know, I always think of good and evil. And the reason why, you know, the age-old question of why does God, why did God put the tree in the garden? Why did he, you know, basically, I mean, no matter how you want to get around this, God is not the source of sin, but he did. He is, he is at least the source of the idea. And you can't get around that because Satan and the angels were created mm-hmm. beings with his will in mind. So if everything's, if everything's within the plan of God before the foundation of the world, then the fall of Satan and his angels we're also in that plan. God's not responsible for that, but he is, he brought the idea. So why? So why did that happen? Why did he put the tree in the garden? And I can't give you an answer. I mean, I'm I'm this is more speculation, but the way that I describe it is for the Lord to think of your own salvation story, Paxton, for the Lord to reveal his glory, you almost have to have something that is opposite. That's what I was, that's what of I was his saying. holiness. If if there is true good, you have to have evil. You have to have evil. And this is where to me, this is the best way for me to describe this is why does this happen? Why does God on one hand, yes, he desires all to be saved, those poor poor pitiful lost people. He desires them to be saved, everyone. But yet some of them are being chosen to pass over. He's choosing some people to pass over when it comes to mercy. He's passing over us from his wrath. He's passing over them from his mercy. So why? You know, how does that work? Well, again, the only way that I can say it is the vessels of wrath, vessels of mercy. God, for his glory to be displayed and revealed the way that it needs to do, had to have a way, had to have a plan in place for there to be vessels of wrath, vessels of mercy. And the only way you get that is by leaving some out of the fold. Yeah. Now, is that the correct answer? Uh, I can't say for certain. Yeah. But that's the best thing I can come up with for the listener to at least be able to chew on. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. All right. I think of myself as a decent golfer, right? Yeah. To yeah. be a good golfer, there's got to be a bad golfer. There does. Right. There has to be standards. Like when you and I play together, like for, <laughs> you get to feel good about yourself. <laughs> I'm a vessel of wrath. You're a vessel of mercy yeah. when it comes I mean, to golf. That's, that's the truth, though. I mean, for something to be truly good, right? If, you have if to have God bad. is truly perfect, if yep. God is truly sovereign, if He is holy, you have an opposite. You have to have for him evil. to reveal it. Yes, yes. For him to reveal all of his character traits, mm-hmm. because somebody will ask, "Well, he's God. Can he do whatever he wants?" Yeah, and I can't answer that. I can't yeah. say. Yeah, yeah ultimately, he could have done that anyway. Yeah. But what I do think of his holiness, and it's almost as if for him to properly reveal his, because if you think about it, part of his character, part of his attributes, 
you know, everything he brings to the table from a biblical standpoint, the best that way that we can describe him, yep. right? Because he's unfathomable. But the best way we can describe him is by talking about his attributes. It's talking about his character. It's talking about his mercy and his judgment. Well, if you if we equate God as a judge, and that is something scriptural mm-hmm. that he ordained before the foundation mm-hmm. of the world. And he's just he, to do it. And he's just to do it. He could not just say everybody's being saved. He has to exert, he has to bring forth and reveal excuse me, those qualities about himself, right? He has to show himself as yeah. the judge. So in order for him to do that, he has to have a way to do so. And in God being God, it's going to do, and I, I want to speak, I want to again say that I'm not saying this is the correct way of looking at this. And I might have a pastor friend listen to this and say, man, Clint, you're really wrong. <laughs> you should go <laughs> repent. Uh, but in my brain, this is just how I, I this is how I allow somebody to chew on stuff. Yeah. Because as a pastor, I don't want to leave somebody just completely confused. Like, I want to give them something to chew on to the best that I can. Ultimately, I can't explain how it works. But it does seem to logically make sense that if there, for there to be good, evil must exist. For God to be the judge that he was before the foundation of the world, there has to be something to judge. Right. And he's not pleased because he's holy. Right, part of his holiness is he can't be pleased with evil or anything bad. So, anyway, uh, real quick on this objection thing, Paxton, because man, we spent some chunks there. A couple things though. We chased a few rabbits. We did. So, couple things. Again, I want to be clear. Some people will say, "Does this send people to hell? Does God send people to hell?" And my answer there is no, because we're born into this world, sinful and on our path to hell anyway. That is um, what we deserve. I don't feel the need to even go no. into that. I feel like no. that's a pretty self-explanatory yep. answer. Um, but one of the things you brought up, um, you know, earlier is um, this idea that there's no need to share the gospel. So speak yes. to that All a little right. bit, so, Mister. Yeah, you joke. brought this up in your I know. joke. This is my bad. So with my joke, <laughs> I brought I brought in I brought in you know some you know Calvinist arguments there. So. And to be clear, right, this is not, like we said, a Calvinist episode. However, with our biblical explanation of predestination, it does align. Yeah. Right? More with, so with more Reformed. More so with Reformed, right? And so... I don't like the word Calvinist. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. I don't like that. I don't like that either. I like the word Reformed, too. <laughs> um, so, so friends of ours do. Yes, yes, <laughs> friends of ours do. So when we think about, right, I talked about... Calvinists not believing in a great commission. All right. So, yeah, haha, funny joke. But a lot of the argument and the pushback that we get is that very statement right there. It takes away an effective ministry, okay, to reach others. Because there are some, and the same reason we don't like that name, Clint, there are some who use it. Yep. To say that anyone other than a Calvinist, anyone other than this, anyone other than them, you're not predestined. Sorry, tough luck. Screw you. Yes, that's essentially what they say, <laughs> and and that's not that's not effective ministry, and no. that's not that's not biblically it's not biblical sound ministry. The Bible tells us to reach everyone. Yeah, it's commanded. Right? It, the Great Commission, you know, the, the very Great Commission that we're talking about. Yeah, go. Share the good news. Again, it's in his plan, but he ordains the means. So if you and I are the means to bring somebody to faith, yes. you, you think about the kids you've baptized. So you are clearly God has put you in Elm Grove Baptist Church to influence the life of these kids. So if there's a kid in this room that you're that's being saved, 
I think of Landon, and I'll just throw his name out there, yeah. or Travis. You know, those kids that you have baptized. You yeah. were the means. Yeah. It was in God's plan. Someone it's his glory, has to plant the yours. seed, right. and then God can do right. the growing right. and watering. Right. The view, the Calvinism view, some of the major hardcore Calvinists that are, you know, to me, I disagree with. Right. I, I, I agree with their core doctrinal beliefs, but I disagree with their tactics. I think I've mentioned this before. It, they, they turn it into a, a lazy ministry. They do. And it's, it's also actually legitimate teachings of what is either known as determinism mm-hmm. yeah. uh, or fatalism. Yep. You know, um, and determinism is a view that every event has a cause and that everything in the universe is absolutely dependent on and governed by casual laws. Determinism is related to fatalism since determinists believe that all events, including human actions, are caused by something else. Determinism is typically thought to be incompatible with free will. Mm-hmm. Fatalism is the belief that what will be will be. And this is where you get into the extreme Calvinist side of things. Like, yeah. no reason to evangelize. Since all past, present, and future events have already been predetermined by God or another all-powerful force if you're not a you know Christian, mm-hmm. uh, such as fate. Uh, fatalism may sometimes be confused with predestination, the doctrine that God chooses those who go to heaven before they are even born. But it's important to note the Bible teaches predestination but not the exclusion of responsibility. Like, you, you brought this up. it's They're not exclusive. Right. Right? Um, so the Bible does not teach fatalism. Predestination, the doctrine of the Bible, says that God has a purpose and he is working all things out according to his own will and purpose. It teaches that God neither does nor permits anything except what serves his purpose, which means that God is the sovereign of this world, the one who does all the things that, as we have already been saying, according to his will. It's not fatalism. And I think that's where extreme Calvinist, well, it'll be what it'll be. Yeah. And that's you know, and I think that I, I think it's dangerous. I've, I've seen that firsthand with Calvinists. Oh, I mean, me I really too. have. Yeah, you know, I, I've seen. Um, you know, we we talk, and about, it's easy to fall into that trap. It is. It is, and and I always push, especially with this, and even in conversations with you, right? When me and you have had some deep. Conversations, oh yeah, we have. Like, yeah, way deeper outside. And of I the, probably border have bore, in private conversations. I've probably borderlined. Yes. Yeah. It, and that's where I that's that's my only really like and I'll be I'll just be straight up that is really one of my only reformed pushbacks. Yeah. Is is that I do I never want that name. I never want that name to come across that I don't want every person that I'm talking to to go to yeah. heaven. I, I want do. every person do. in front of me. Yep. To go to heaven. Absolutely. And and that's a, that's the thing that I tell the kids and I, I think I told you this before I even came on as youth pastor. I want every kid that I come across with to inherit the kingdom of God. I Absolutely. want them to be an active church member. I want them to, to to move forward and grow spiritually. I don't care about number growth. I care about spiritual growth. Yep. And that's the thing that we have to keep in mind and not lose sight of. Yes, there is predestination. Yes, we are told to go yep. and tell others the great news of Christ. There's election. There's all those things. It, it's all there. And I, I can't Tulip understand is not in the Bible, but it is correct. And I, I can't, I can't sit there and make them, make them all work in my mind or yep. explain them to someone yep. else. But the fact that they are in the Bible, yep, doesn't mean that. And this is what everyone does: they run from one or two of the topics and yep. say that's not in there. No, it is. You just can't, you can't fathom it. Let go of your pride. Yes, and I can't fathom either. And that's the first thing I always admit. Yep. Each, each doctrine there, right? T U L I P, right? Whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. each doctrine there. I, mean, it, I can go it, through it if you want to. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in there. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. But yeah, I can't explain it all. No, 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 not at all. And another, you know, something else too. Um, I think it's pride, no matter how you slice it. Mm. 
for those that reject the teaching, it's pride. For yeah, those this is that, turning straight up into a Calvinist podcast. It is, but <laughs> you had to go there. You've been pretty good. I'm talking about this episode. I'm not <laughs> saying the podcast as a whole. I'm just, saying this, I'm just saying this episode. Uh, but I think there's pride on both sides. The one who rejects this teaching is prideful. The one who says it'll be what it'll be and forget you, I'm chosen, is probably right. not chosen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because any person that can have that mentality clearly does not understand the grace and mercy of the Lord. They clearly are not reading Romans. Like, yeah, they don't understand what's at stake. <laughs> no. People are dying right. and going to hell. Yes. Right? And also you like you said earlier, you need to be the means yep. Yep. Right? For God's sovereign will yeah. to take place. Like don't you want to be? Yes. Like don't you want to be a yes. part of his plan? Like I would rather be in that boat. It's like Charles I think it was Spurgeon that said it that yes, there'll be people that go to hell, but they should know that they were fought for. Yes. Like not a yes. single person that dies and go to he- goes to hell shouldn't, you know, they they only go to hell with Christians mm. wrapped around their ankles. Yes. Trying yes. to pull them out. Yes. Okay. I talked about this in Sunday school this morning, yeah. right? Every kid that they come across at school, yep. right? Every kid that they hang out with at sports or that they that they hang out with, whatever. Yep. They need to know the news that you have, right? Yep. You know that people are going to die and they're going to go to heaven and they're going or they're going to go to hell. Yep. Right? Why are you not doing everything that you possibly can? If you even remotely care for that person or don't know them at all, why are you not doing everything you possibly can to get to, them to heaven? To uh, get them into heaven. <laughs> Absolutely. And like and that's another great point for yep. predestination. It's not anything that we do. No. It's, it's not any of the works no. that we do, right? We we can be the means and be a vessel for yep. the Lord yep. to reach others. But God's going to do the work. God's going to do the saving. That, that's another thing right there. Chosen. God's yes, going to do the yes. saving. And that takes the pressure off. Like, yes. And this is where it gets into another issue, like with with evangelism, like predestination. Well, let's hold it because that's getting into the good things of why yeah. it's good. I do have something else I want to add here with the objections. So, again, I think I've already brought this up, but I forgot. I had some good points here that I wanted to bring up. Does this make – we talked about God. Does this make God the author of sin? So if everything's predetermined. Yeah. Some people have asked me that before. Does this mm-hmm. make him the author of sin? So I'm going to go through here and you just interject where you need to. It is an undeniable fact that sin, both in its entrance into the world, you know, technically I guess you could say through Satan, right, um, that in all of its subsequent appearances, you know, after was a part of the divine plan. It's an undeniable fact. The fall of Satan, the fall of Adam and Eve, in the garden or God's holy mountain. I like that, by the way, in Ezekiel, (laughs) Uh, are part of God's predestined plan. In other words, the tree was put there for a reason. No matter how much people try to get around it, the fall of man was part of the divine plan. In reference to the blood of Christ in 1 Peter 1.20, it says, He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but appeared in these last times for the sake of you. That's in reference to Christ. Uh, Ephesians 3.11 this was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, again, referring to the blood. Uh, and then in reference to sacrifices pleasing to God, Hebrews thirteen twenty, it says, Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, our Lord Jesus. Eternal covenant made with the Trinity before the foundation of the world. All right, so here's a question for you. You can answer this, chew on it, whatever. It, it might be rhetorical, but why a predestined plan of redemption if no predestined fall? Wow. I thought about that this week. Everything we see about Christ's blood on the cross 
was always in reference to some kind of eternal covenant, something yeah. done before the foundation of the world, established before the foundation of the world. Plan of redemption. Yeah. Plan of the fall. I'll let you put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> yeah, I am. I mean, you know. You- God permitted our first parents to be tempted and to fall, and then he overruled their sin for his glory alone. But his permission of sin does not make him the author of it. I honestly even can take this a step further. Speculation for the listener. I'm not. This is getting into speculation. The first part, I don't think it is speculation. Plan of redemption obviously was there. But could it be that he permitted the fall in order to show what free will could do? Mm-hmm. So here's my theory well, on think, free will. Think about when he, the Bible talks about turning people over to their sin. Yes. Yes. Here's my theory on free will. All right. I take the stance. Free will as we think of it. Uh-huh. I take the stance that if anybody has free will, it's technically believers in Christ. And let me explain what I mean. So again, lost people are bound, mm-hmm. enslaved. I said it this morning to the church. They are only free, you know, to do to carry out the extent of their sin. So right. if you're a murderer, you might think of how many people am I gonna kill? You know, kind of deal. I hate to use that example, but it's the only thing I can think right. of. When you are you are not set free to follow Christ, anything you do in that moment, when you're a lost person, everything you do is bad. It's filthy rags. Yeah, you can you can give as much money to the church, you can right. do as much humanitarian aid, and the Lord looks at it as filthy. Yeah, that's insane, but He does. Yeah. Gandhi, if he, I don't, I can't speak for the man's heart, but all things point to he's not a believer in Christ. Good person, not a believer in Christ because yeah. his deeds were filthy rags. When you are set free in Christ. You are set free to follow him. You're still bound to him. You're still bound to something, but you're set free to follow him. Yeah. And you and I, as believers, have the decision, we have the capability of choosing to obey him mm-hmm. or disobey him on a daily basis. Am I going to yeah. pray? Am I going to read scripture? Am I going to sin today? Our right. new our new nature is in Christ. Our new right. nature is no longer sinful. Right. Our new nature is in Christ Jesus. It is a saint redeemed. Yeah. So we have the ability to say, okay, I'm going to fight against my new nature. I'm going to resort to my old mm-hmm. tendencies. So that's kind of my three free will theory. So Adam and Eve, they enter this world already in covenant relationship with the Lord. What do they do? They're already in covenant relationship, which means they have the ability to choose, as we think of it, yeah. right? They choose to eat the fruit. And then obviously God pursues them by his grace. So again, could it be two things there? Could it be that God allowed Adam and Eve to do this to show what human will would accomplish? Nothing good. <laughs> and also to reveal his glory, obviously, because he pursued them and he showed grace and mercy to Adam and Eve after they broke covenant relationship with him. Yeah. I don't know. Just a thought. A lot to chew on tonight. And yeah, dude, you got okay. So I like, I just like spit it all out earlier, and now you just got me thinking. My mind is racing like Sorry. crazy. No, it's good. I, but I, it, I like this. This is productive conversation. Like the, again, I, I, I mean that that and is it, to me. If you're listening and you feel like we are, we, we're confusing. trying to answer a lot of questions here. We're trying <laughs> yes, to answer a lot of questions. We're already going on an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, no, I actually, I actually probably need to wrap it up soon. Yeah, uh, yeah but no, because. Well, my parents are coming over, so that's they just text me. Gotcha. So. gotcha. But I mean, anyway, <laughs> right? I mean, they, yeah, whatever. But 
but I, I mean, I love I love productive conversation like oh, this. Yeah. Like, and we could do, we could do this all night. We off. could literally be here till midnight, yeah. circling. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, with everything you're talking about there, man, it's just. It's. I mean, it's got me. Blow, God's yeah. blowing my mind tonight. Yeah. I mean, I just, yeah. I'm thinking. This has like a, been a not just a conversation for content. This has truly been an edifying conversation. Yes. For yeah. us. Yes, it has. Because every single every single question that we've tried to answer, and even the examples that you used that I didn't have that I was just sure. flabbergasted by. Right. I probably had more time to research it this week than you. Have. Yes. I mean, I, yeah, I've been busy, but I, I did my research yesterday. You know, and obviously this is a topic I can talk about, but. And that's actually another reason that we decided to go ahead and do this one because yes. we, we have other ones. Like we said, yes. we have other ones coming. But with predestination, and it's and we and we we, we talked about this. This was actually a question. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and ask that question to you. Our next one of our next questions on our okay. outline. Why is it important? Yeah. Why is it good? So we're just going to skip segment three today. We'll, we'll start, start oh, that okay, the next okay. time. Save some time here because uh, you need to be wrapping up, and I probably do too. So you ask why is predestination and good? the Lakers play at eight thirty. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> no, my parents are going to be there why. though, and if I'm not there no, when my parents no, get there, no, then... no, 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 yeah. no. All right. Why is it good? So one, it's biblical. I think anything that's biblical is ultimately good. Yep. All right. All things work for the good of those who love God. So anything that we're given instruction wise in Scripture is beneficial and edifying where it's meant to be. Two, it shows us that salvation is by God's grace alone. We talked about this earlier. Yeah. Uh, I've listed here in just this right here, 33 verses in the New Testament. I've missed some, undoubtedly. Yeah. 33 verses in the New Testament blatantly address salvation by grace alone, not of our choosing yeah. or works. Um, and that doesn't even include in the Old Testament, things and, like that. And a reminder to what you mentioned earlier and what we've talked about is very biblically true if anyone wants to argue this. Grace yes. is a gift. Yes. Grace yeah. is a gift. And you're not the person I mean, unless it's your kid. Like unless it's like unless it's like Christmas time and your kid's like mommy and daddy, I expect to give. If you get a gift from me, right. there is no expectation on my end for it. Right. You are legitimately just saying, Hey, I want to show you love. Yeah. I want to buy you something. I don't know it's coming. I don't expect that it's coming. You're just doing it. Yes. Right? So um I think predestination teaches that. It is a yeah. good gift. Yes. Um, three, pre- I have it listed out here. Um, predestination is an act of love. Um, again, we can't explain why some people are predestined for glory and others are predestined for wrath. But it is, I think, again, this goes back to it's wrong to ask the question, why didn't God choose to save everyone? The correct question is, why did he choose not to damn everyone? Yes. That's... Like, that's why didn't the he damn question. somebody? Yes. Why didn't he damn me? Yes. Why do I? Why? Why do I deserve grace? Yes. The answer is I don't. Yes. Because it's a gift. Right. But but that's where our mind goes. That's, that's where exactly that's right. where our mind goes. Yeah. And and the better question, I agree with you totally. Why are we not all damned to hell? I got no words. And so if anyone, if anyone of our listeners can answer that question without using predestination, <laughs> that's the challenge. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let us know. Yeah, you can you can DM us because, like, for real, if it's not predetermined, if it's not by election, you know, if it's not the quote unquote Calvinism viewpoint, right? Sorry, you no, no, it's, you know, it's, it's so. I, I wasn't laughing at the Calvinism uh, comment. I, I'm, I was laughing at at the. You said if it's not if it's not predetermined, if it's not pre. The Bible just told us it was. It, I you know, know, and, and, but I that's know. what I'm saying. That's why. That's why it, I was laughing about other people's arguments. I know, but if that's the thing, if if somebody can explain. <laughs> how 
you know, this works without predestination about how he can choose to, because under biblical definition, we're all damned to hell. Yeah. The only way out of that is not of our choosing, not of our plan. Our plan has not, does not include God. We're blind right. to him before we're saved. So if it doesn't include that, whose plan then saves me? Mine or his? Exactly. And everybody would agree that God has foreknowledge. Yes. So here, it's like I said, that's the one of the first things we teach our kids. Yes, God's yes. all knowing. Yeah, he, he all knows, knows. everything's going to happen. He, if he has, so here, here's the thing. Here's my argument. If he has perfect foreknowledge, he has to have a plan. Yep. Or he doesn't have. If he doesn't have a plan to back his foreknowledge, and that means he can be taken off guard. He can be yes. surprised. Yes. And he's not. Again, nothing surprises God. Nothing. Uh, four. It's a good thing because it, if this goes back to what you just brought up a minute ago, it's executed through us. Right, so we get the chance to be within his plan of preaching the gospel um, to the nations and things like that. Um, and I, why would you not want to be like the people that the the, the hyper Calvinist is like? Well, pff, I'm not going to evangelize, and all you're doing to me is saying that you're not saved. Yes, like, exactly. If you can say that you're not saved, because it should be the desire of everybody that is saved. To want to share the grace and mercy of our Lord. Because, because, right? Right. We, one, we know faith without works is dead. It's dead. Right? We know that. Yep. And evidence of That's your fa- another good point. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so so if you if, if that is your mindset, if that's you're your mindset, dead. you have you're you're, you're, you're dead. dead in your sins. You are dead. And, and I can I can think of some hyper Calvinists out there in the world that yes. are like that yes. almost. I, I mean, I've listened to some some very famous hyper Calvinist yes. pastors. Yeah. And they have no works. No. And all no. they teach is that God ordained you specifically, and let's let's have a party about it, and yep. let's not do anything yep. for anyone else. Let's only talk to the chosen. I but, mean, but proof of faith, right? Like yep. I said, right? evidence of faith is fruits, is works, is deeds. Yep. And so, if we're doing that, what does that mean? It means, oh, if you have faith, you're telling every single person, like you said. Yep. Uh, I think it was a Spurgeon quote that you used. Yep. They need to know that they're cared for. They need to know that that a Christian is loving them by telling them the good news. Yes. Truth in the good news of the gospel. Because we don't want them to go to hell. If God's desire is that none shall perish, what should ours be? That none shall perish. And the hyper-Calvinist that be says... Be because your Heavenly Father is perfect. Exactly. If the hyper-Calvinist says, uh, I'm, you know, I don't, whatever, it is what it is, all they are saying is they don't have the same desire as the Father does. Correct. Ouch. See, what the ironic part is, the one they're so blatantly teaching people, so arrogantly teaching people, oh, God has preordained. He has his chosen and elect. Well, mm-hmm. brother, if you under, if you take that stance of arrogance, you probably are not amongst the elect. I mean, you think about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we and we, we made Oop, a little whoops. We, we made a little, you know, comments like we like the word reformed. Yeah. It's because of people like that. Yep. That I have, would rather be an ignorant Arminian than an arrogant Calvinism. Calvinist. Yes. Yes. Because at least at least an ignorant Arminian is going to share the gospel with people. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's a very good statement. That's yeah. a very good statement. I would rather. I'm serious. I because would rather, we, I, we were undoubtedly going to have someone message us and be like, Calvinism well, is from, Calvinism Calvinism is from the devil. False. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, but, we practically did, did before. <laughs> yeah, we did last time too. But <laughs> the truth is, right, we're, we're, we're saying... Yes, it's it's biblically sound. Sorry yep. if you don't like that. I'm sorry, it is. But we do agree. We yes. do agree 
that there are arrogant Calvinists out there. We do agree that there are lazy Calvinists <laughs> there out there. There are lost Calvinists. And there are lost Calvinists. Sadly. Yes. In, in they claim they claim Calvinists before before they claim Jesus Christ. Absolutely. They take Calvinism yes. as being the central theme of Scripture when it is not. Yep. So again, would I side on Reformed theology? Absolutely. But if, if I would rather be an ignorant Arminian than an arrogant Calvinist. Because yep. like I said, at least I know that the Arminian is going to share the gospel. Yeah. They're going to at least follow through on their command. Yeah. They might not get the doctrine straight, but the last time I checked, the thief on the cross didn't die and go to heaven, and they asked him what was tulip. Yeah. That's – what it, I mean, I, I go back to um, – go off, man. I know. Dude, I get some one-liners here. Uh, it's not even in my notes. <laughs> I told you I had to have notes. I'm proving myself wrong. Alistair Begg has the sermon, yes, Man on the Middle. Yes. The Man on the Middle. If you have not – for anybody that has not listened to this sermon – Type in Alistair Begg on YouTube, the man in the middle on the middle cross. It is I've used it as illustrations and given him the credit for it because I wish I was that smart. But he talks about this, the man in the middle. How did you get in? Like when he, when you when he died when he went and Jesus said, you know, today you'll be with me in paradise. So when you get there, did they just ask you? Did they drill you with the doctrines of Calvinism or like the five tulips or whatever predestination? Predestination? Did they say, you know, did you know all these things? And his answer is no. Then then they they ask him, well, did you know about justification by faith? Or he no, I didn't know any of this stuff. So how did you get in? The man in the middle said I could come, and that's that d- illustration he uses. It's oh, fantastic oh because it speaks to it speaks to predestination. Yes, because the only person saying you can come is in the middle. Yeah, he was it's the Lord Himself. Yeah, so it speaks to predestination, but it also speaks to love. Yeah, yeah, like it's the most non arrogant thing. Predestination explained properly, Calvinism explained properly, should be the most humbly humble. Should be the most humble thing on the face of the planet if understood correctly. Yes, yes. If not, that's where you get into hairy waters. Yes. All right. Uh, another point too, why it's good is predestination is the only way we can say our salvation is secure. Yeah. If we're not predestined within God's perfect plan before the foundation of the world, there's a few problems. One that would mean that God again is surprised. We've hit on that because mm-hmm. it can't be. And then two. He could unchoose you, and you could unchoose him. Yep. I mean, think think about the the first point you made, right? It's like no one's gonna show up to heaven, nope. and God's like, "How'd you get here? You're a little turd. How'd yep. you get here? <laughs> How did you get in? No, who's this guy? God knows. God <laughs> it's knows. Like somebody arriving to the party. It's like who invited him? <laughs> you know, God knew. doesn't happen. He always knew. He Absolutely. Knew from the beginning of time. And here's the thing: once saved, always saved. The Baptist way of putting it, the yeah. proper way of putting it would be, you know, perseverance of the saints or eternal yeah. security. Once saved, only saved, only works if God predestined everything to occur because God can do whatever he wants except for operating outside of his perfect will. Yep. And the reason I say that, I'm not sitting here saying that God can't do anything he wants. I am. But if God's perfect, it automatically means he cannot operate outside of his will. Correct. Because his will is perfect. Yeah. That's not dangerous to say. Yep. Uh, so three, if you were not predestined, that would mean you could, you would never be saved because salvation doesn't come through our own doing. We're too sinful. Yep. Romans three eleven. No one seeks after God. No one at all, but all things work out for the good of those who were called yep. by him. All yep. right. So the only way your salvation can happen. The only way your salvation is eternally secure is because of God's predetermined plan. Yep. Uh, 
Predestination exalts God, humbles us. I'm not going to get into that because we've literally been humbled throughout this throughout this episode. Like you mm-hmm. and I have had moments of just. I didn't expect this. I expected that's why I that said we, I didn't expect us to get like yeah. floored. Like just like I, I got humbled tonight. I did too. Like I, I I've actually had. I've, it was. It's been a uplifting and encouraging yes. conversation. I was a little nervous about it because I, I thought I would just be beating a dead horse. Yeah. But it hasn't felt like that at all. Okay. And, and I want to add something real quick. Yeah. And I don't know how close we are to the end. but Almost. Uh, yeah. So, right. Let me ask a question, right? Maybe I've got, maybe we have some youth parent listeners. Uh-oh. Okay. Maybe we have some youth parent <laughs> listeners. Or maybe we have just some people in the church listening. Or, at this point, people friends, kind of know where right? we stand yes. so, in our church. So, but my question is, if you're doubting predestination... If you're doubting that, if you're doubting that God is fully in control of that and that you are not, and what we're telling you is you are not in control of your salvation. God is in control of your salvation, yeah. right? That's what we're telling you. Yep. So let me ask you a question. You say- Me or the listener? What, no, I just everyone. Okay. Just everyone. I want, you know, you say, well, I want to be in control, right? And that's that's the that's the unfair argument we talked that's about. We want to be in control. Yep. We want That's the, the struggles that every person has, right? Yep. So if you're the listener and you're saying, well, I want to be in control of my salvation because I want to go, right? Let me ask you a question. If I'm teaching your kids in the youth room, who do you want in control of their salvation? Me? Ooh. Do you want Paxton in control of that? Or do you want God in control of Well that? done, sir. Well done. You want God in control of that? Well done. Because if I'm in control of my own, if you're in control of your own, that also means if you're dropping your kids off on Wednesday night, that I'm in control of theirs. <laughs> and if you take the, the babysit, if you take the Elm Groves of babysitting, <laughs> if you take service. our Wednesday night babysitting services from five forty-five to seven thirty, yeah. no, I mean, joke. I mean, but no, but serious. seriously, I mean, I mean there's some seriousness there. If they're dropping their kids off to you, so which one do they want? That's what I'm saying. So because <laughs> you're you're a human, brother. Exactly. We hired you. Exactly. And Jordan. You know, we hired you both with the expectation. The church hired me, knowing that I was going to be wrong. Yep. Because because <laughs> remember, right. remember, remember, remember what I deserve. Remember what Paxton deserves. Uh, yep. <laughs> Do you want the person that deserves hell to teach your kids? <laughs> Woo! Dropping that truth, bro. I mean, Mic drop. We've had some moments of yeah. some just. I mean, and that's and that's that is that's great. Where I, that's point, where I stand. Man. That's where I stand on, on I think, that. Honestly, I'm not even going to finish my last one. I think that's that's the way to end it. Like that's the best way to sum up this whole hour and a half podcast is the way you just said it. Thank you. Who do you want to be in control? The person bound for hell, or God who is holy? Yep. Man, dude. That's it, bro. All right, Paxton. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Before we close, as always, I almost feel like we should read a verse from what we've been talking about, but Psalm 143, verse 8, Paxton. That's our verse of the day today, taken from the Bible app itself. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was so consumed with our topic, I wasn't about to go something deeper because then I didn't want to like I didn't want to necessarily get into a deeper conversation. Yeah, Do you want me to read it? Go for it. All right. Let me... Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. <laughs> this verse actually is perfect yes, for what it is. he's been yes, talking about. <laughs> Can you please read that one more time? <laughs> Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. That sums up what you just said. Perfectly. Yep. Man, Paxton, bro, what an episode. What an it. episode. I enjoyed it. That was fun. So that was fun. If you're listening, I hope we answered your questions. Hope you're not mad at us. I hope you're not mad at us. If you are, so what? This was this was 
strictly the doctrine of predestination. Now, my joke did bring up some Calvin, um, some Calvinism, um, you know, jokes and uh, laughs and uh, comments. But, <laughs> but the deal is right. Predestination is biblically doctrine. Yep. yep. And we hope that you have a better understanding of yes. it from that. Yeah, and and just for me to give a little closing comment as well. Everything Paxson just said in terms of it's biblical and we hope to clear up confusion. Uh, and I also want to just reiterate I, I, before we are not here on this episode trying to arrogantly explain something we do not fully understand. Yeah. We'll be the first ones to admit we don't. We will be the first ones to admit. What Paxson and I are doing is instead of and as many you know others as well that embrace this and I think that's the word it's embrace. Paxson and I don't have to understand it. We don't have to agree with it in all cases. We can have questions about it, and so can you. You know, this is what applies to us, applies to you, the listener. Um, and we can even have issues with it in terms of what we humanly think of fairness and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it cannot lead us to a place of pride where we no. reject something that is so blatantly obvious in Scripture. Yep. Far more, I'll be honest with you, I think it's easier to explain how predestination works than it is how free will works. Yes. No, so much easier. <laughs> like biblically. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like it's so, it's so you know, right. more Because evident. there's so many different ways to define yes. free will, right? Are you talking about the the free will that I get to choose on the way home to stop at McDonald's tonight? Yeah. Or are you yeah, talking about the free will? Life choices. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's basic life choices. Or are you talking about biblical yeah. free will? All right. And it, and like you just said, man, it, it, if you have a if you are somebody who's prideful on this, take Paxton's words there at heart. Who do you want to be in control? If you are in control, you're damning yourself. Yep. If if he and I are in control of the people that we've been entrusted to shepherd, mm-hmm. we're damning them. Mm-hmm. Like, man, it's, it's our job to teach them that it, God's in control. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and and pray that well and trust that God's going to do what he needs to do to get around our stupidity. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so anyway, all right. Great podcast episode. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We hope that you learned something. I know Paxson and I did. I hope you've been humbled tonight or whenever you listen to it, we recorded it <laughs> on a Sunday evening. So, we hope you've enjoyed episode 13 of the Faith the Facts podcast with Straight Talk Predestination. Predestination. Hope you all have a blessed and wonderful rest of the week. Love you.